BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We need to roll back the state. We spy on all of our own citizens. Our prisons are flooded with nonviolent drug offenders. If you want to know who America's next enemy is, look at who we're funding right now. Every single one of these problems are a result of government being way too big.
Oh, a murder you crescent. That's the most beautiful way to describe <laughs> murders. Is that there's a murder crescent out there. I it's mean, a plateau, really, <laughs> of murder. God gave them a perfectly good river to just get rid of the bodies for them. <laughs> it was God if, saying, dispose of what you need. If Jesus didn't want you to murder, why would he put a perfectly good river right there? Right in your town. To but you know what? I'm on their side for a bit. Yeah, it's always so weird, Rob. We go to these fucking uh, cities sometimes, and people will be like, oh, the crime's out of control. But it really is always like, it's not here, it's just over there. And St. Like, Louis I'm... is putting up better death than Corona. <laughs> <laughs> but still slightly behind the vaccine. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, man, we're getting kicked off YouTube. All right. <laughs> No, there, it, you're, you are saying something that's like a mysterious boogie monster of all this death that we go to Chicago, but we don't see the death, but they keep telling us that there's death out there. I just feel like we're at, listen, this is, well, this is the first time I've ever actually felt like I have white privilege. <laughs> but as I'm describing this, I go, I just feel like wherever I go, it's not there. And I'll go to the city and they'll be like, oh, it's bad. And like, it's not bad where I am. And they'll be like, well, that's because you didn't go to the neighborhood. But I still feel like if I went to the neighborhood, they'd be like, well, you didn't go to the house. <laughs> like the house, yeah, there's one house where they're killing everybody. And you just got to stay away from that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You know what? Maybe the next town we go to, we should journey in. Let's see if we can find it. We can do a part of the problem exclusive. Here, I'll uh, counter Looking offer. for death <laughs> in right. Chicago. I think I'm just going to... I'm gonna send you in. Okay. But I'm gonna like attach like some fish wire to you. So like if things get bad, you tug on it and then I pull you back to my safe white part of town where you can we'll do it. We'll figure it out. We gotta work out the kinks here. Um, sounds bulletproof to me. It sure does. Well this was I gotta say to all you guys, I really appreciate you coming out. This was our first stop in our two thousand twenty three like uh, tour. It was it was great. It couldn't have been better. We had this place filled up all weekend, so it, it was very nice for this to be the first trip. I'm excited to go forward. We're going to do a live podcast for you guys, obviously. We're going to take questions. If anyone wants to ask a question in the second half of the show, we'll do all that. Uh, but before we do, we could talk about some shit that's going on. Um, one of the big stories, okay, there's a big story in sports that has been shaking the nation. And no, no one dropped dead from a heart attack. Well, um, not this week. Well, okay, fine. Probably, but maybe just high school sports. No one cares. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, The cameras weren't on, so I think what you're describing is global warming. I think that's what was happening. It was hot in that stadium on that day. Climate change has been causing a lot of healthy young men to drop dead. That and racism. Um, <laughs> but, no, here was the, the story was a big hockey player. I'll be honest, I'm not a big hockey fan. Hockey fans here? Yeah. Okay. So you guys know. So you guys know about this, right? There was a, a gentleman uh, named Ivan Provolov. Provorov sounds like he supports gay rights, but um, <laughs> he refused to wear the pride colors on his jersey, citing his Christian faith. And uh, this is yeah. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> I just think there's something. I think there's something so goddamn funny about, like, a hockey player not being down with gay shit. And everybody's like, we, know, we thought these toothless Canadians were, like, our target market for that. And it's like, like, what? Of course. You know, all the, I can't believe there was only one. There was only one of them who was just like, I'm not wearing it. 
So that's basically what happened, right? He just said, I'm not wearing it. And now everyone, and now you got to watch all of these, like, I got to watch 50 year old black dudes on ESPN being like, I just don't understand why he wouldn't wear those gay colors. <laughs> but you know, as soon as that camera goes off, they're like, kid's a goddamn hero. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a weird uh, bitching people out where you're just trying to show up to play hockey and they go, well, you got to pledge allegiance to our cause. And then he goes, well, I'm religious and I just want to play hockey, so I'm not going to pledge allegiance to your thing. And then they give you shit like, "Where oh, how dare you take a statement on this? Well, yeah. you were making a statement about this that even though I'm just playing hockey, I can't just play hockey. I got to pledge my allegiance to this other thing. How, how crazy is it that for like most of human history... If you had ever just been like, I don't believe in God, people would be like, you might get shot for thinking that. And then there's this one guy who's like, I believe in God. And they're like, we're going to fucking kill you for that. <laughs> like, you think, really? You're going to come up here and tell me you believe in God? It's very, like, it's, it's a, a weird, it, it's unbelievable how quickly the kind of, like, idea of, you know, like, what they used to call gay rights which they now call LGBTQ anon. I think what you're describing what that, is uh, <laughs> but that's but I it think it's technically called being annoying. I think that <laughs> Well, it used to be this kind of like thing where it was like at least what they would appeal to was like, well what we can't just do what we want to do. You're going to try to police us and they kind of won the argument on that. Like eventually people were like, yeah, I guess. All right. You can get married to who you want to. Who are who are we to tell you what to do? And then they were like, okay, cool. Now wear our flag. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to wear your flag. And they're like, bigot! You bigot, you won't wear You will pledge allegiance to the gays. <laughs> I don't why do they even why are they even doing like an LGBTQ night in a hockey game? Who the fuck you go to a hockey game, I mean, again, I'm not a big fan of hockey, but I'm just assuming that you brain dead retards go to a hockey game <laughs> to see like the last remaining tooth in a Canadian's head splatter across a, a plexiglass window no right. wasn't that always the dream and now you're like but could you do that with a rainbow flag on you like I like hockey and I go to watch them touch butts that's what I do yeah yeah I like so if they you don't even need the flag no you're like there's gay shit happening right in front of me exactly. I don't need this okay Fair I like enough. getting up uh, like the seat next to the board, and when someone smashes in, but you can really see the look in the player's eyes because he knows he just took it in his ass. <laughs> the hockey fans are offended they on that one, They just don't watch enough hockey. That's why. <laughs> they don't realize that's what the sport's really about. <laughs> I like that, sir. That was pretty good. No one appreciated it, but you said a lot of stick handling. I would, uh, that, was a, that was a solid pun right there. And this guy was being underappreciated. So what's going to happen? He should play this the guy? card of uh, I'm I'm Russian, and if I go back to Russia, they're murderous. Like he should almost play the Russian card of I'm too afraid of evil Putin, and so you have to defeat Putin, and then I can pay tribute to your gaze. Yeah, that might get us in a nuclear war. I don't know if that's a good way to. He goes, I'll do it as soon as you send the first nuke off. I'll I'll put on the jersey. So what's going to happen to him now? They're threatening to like suspend him or some shit. Well, his jersey's selling out, so the market doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Man, people are fuck. Ah, it's just great. I love. Sometimes hate can be directed in the right way. People are like, I would like, I would like to purchase the jersey of this guy who doesn't like gay people. But there is something to it, right? There's like the weird thing. 
And this is kind of why, and I know when you meet in the middle like this, people get pissed off because nowadays everyone wants you to take like one radical side or the other. But here's my best attempt at being like a moderate. Like, you know, the like Christian conservatives of like the 80s and 90s who were trying to like shut down hip hop music and they were trying to like shut down, you know, like violent movies and stuff like that. It's like the, the reason they're wrong and the reason now the whole LGBTQ and trans movement is wrong and all that shit, uh, I guess the T covered that, um, <laughs> is because it's like you just can't insist other people like worship your thing. Like whatever you worship, fine, but you can't expect everybody else to want to like, you know what I mean, pay tribute to your dumb religion. And that's all it is. I'm not, I'm not saying Christianity is a dumb religion. It's the best religion next to Judaism. But <laughs> I'm saying that, like, if someone's an atheist and you're a Christian, then basically they're saying they think you're delusional. And you're saying you think they're going to burn in hell for eternity. Like, that's kind of the implication. But we all just kind of get along. And you don't force the atheist to go to church. And you don't force... Like the Christian to like denounce God. But this is like whoever's trying to force their thing on everybody else is always immediately the bad guy. You know what I think could uh, solve this? Mm -hmm. is I don't think it's going to, but I want to hear. <laughs> I think if we got more black people into hockey, you'd have more people going, nah, I ain't doing something. that shit. If you got more black people into hockey, you'd get more white people out of hockey. That is all I know. The only truth in professional sports that I know is that if black people ever decide we're learning how to ice skate, they're going to dominate that sport right? real quickly. I don't know why they haven't already. Is there not enough money? Do hockey players make big money? Yeah, that's the answer right there. I mean, there. they make pro-athlete money, but not like baseball money. Well, what do they make? Like, they're doing better than UFC. Like, you know, if there's like a scale... They're probably underneath basketball, NFL, and baseball, but there's nothing. They're above soccer or any other sport. Oh, it was gonna, soccer. Okay. Yeah, well, but you named all the sports. And right. said, they're, they're beating women's lacrosse, that's for sure. Making more than those broads. I'm saying they're making pro athlete money. They're rich, but, like, it's just not, you know. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's not a great answer. If they were making more money, I think black people would dominate the sport. I don't know if that's No, racist. I think it's because there's uh, equipment costs. So you need like a rich guy to invest in black kids. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. That's how we keep so we them need... out of skiing. <laughs> 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 there's just certain sport like basketball. Wait, they, they put up hoops in the park, you hand them a ball. That's all they need. Jesus, Rob, they're humans. <laughs> like, they're, they're, you put up a hoop, hand them a ball, and they figure it all out. I'm just like saying. They, the way that, like they just know. They're, they're doing 360 dunks next The way day. that the whites have been able to keep some jobs in sports is by having high startup costs with yeah. equipment fees. All right. There, you know what? You, maybe you're right about that. Man, I've never felt more white privilege in a podcast <laughs> in my life than this one. All right. Well, I don't know. I just thought there was something really entertaining about a hockey player being expected to wear a fucking pride flag. That, like, Jesus, what level are they going to try to push it to? Yeah, well, I think this is the out, uh, the outgrowth of socialism, that you're not allowed to disagree with, like, the mechanics and the machine in any capacity. Yeah. One of the other big news stories from this year was... Uh, I don't know. This was kind of like a fringe story, so you guys didn't see it. But Yeshiva University, which was a college I actually attended to, and I was retardedly doing religion. But let's not get into that. <laughs> uh, no, but when I was there, they just lost a um, – it might have even been a Supreme Court decision, but 
they are forced to recognize the gay club. So that is a school of a thousand religious individuals trying to go to a religious school. And you got to spend a lot of money to go to the religious school. But even then, they're forced to recognize the gay club. What does it mean to recognize a gay club? So, like, they have student-funded clubs, and so oh, one so of the clubs. Oh, that has to be an, okay. I and get. Not See, when you said gay club, I thought like club, like dancing oh. with like glow sticks and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like they have to recognize it. Like, look at it. You see it there. Like, there's, okay, I get it. Go to Bible Town <laughs> and go dance with the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's how little time I spent in college. That when you said college and club, I was just thinking like a dance club by the college. And you're like, you got to recognize them. Like, go in there, tell each individual gay, you see them. Um, okay, so there's like, okay, so even they have to have like a gay club at their school. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what's, what's weird about it? So I've had this kind of like a thesis, I suppose you could call it, for a while now that I think uh, wokeism, all of it is like uh, basically uh, CIA op. Like, and I've been very convinced of this for a while. And Matt, when I say CIA op, I don't know exactly the CIA, but I think this is just something that's like pushed on us. Like this was all a plot, basically. I think it was all to like distract from like, right around the time of the crash of 2008 and the banker bailouts and all the people rising up realizing the whole system is full of shit. That's like Tea Party, Occupy Wall Street, all of a sudden, the response to that was like all the huge newspapers, all the ma- all the corporate press, all the politicians started just like obsessing over everything race and gender and trans and all of this. Like it just came out of nowhere. And I, I was like, this is clearly a distraction tactic. Like this is like, oh, we'll create this culture war so the plebs are fighting each other and not fighting us because they're waking up to the shit we're doing. And man, watching the uh, WEF like – panels and they're seeing all of this you're like dude it's just so obvious like it's so uh, like everything is about diversity and inclusion and all this and meanwhile like racism real racism is like at an all-time low no one even gives a shit no one cares are you guys i'm assuming most of my fans are gay you all look kind of gay you know some of you are in the closet we got (laughs) yeah but it's a weird thing so it's weird to like watch almost like this like global governing you know organization like having these meetings about all this shit and then watching it implemented at every level and you're like wow the orders really do come down from the top they they do a great job of following those orders man maybe that's what we need we need to take over that shit and have some libertarian orders come down here here's our agenda (laughs) leave people alone you sick freaks (laughs) it's weird that they film it and just put it out online and yeah. then the next level of weirdness is one is they obviously took away comments because if there were comments, they would be every all of us being like, fuck you. Uh, don't, you know, don't tell me I can't have uh, energy. I'd like to have energy. Yeah, that really. would be nice. I'd like to have food. Food would be good. Uh, I mean, the creepiest thing, I don't know, uh, to highlight some of the absolute creepiest moments. One is uh, Bill Gates and the uh, Who, prior to the coronavirus, they had run a simulation for what might happen if there was a virus that we were unprepared for. And now they're talking about, hey, you guys think viruses were bad. Just imagine what would happen if there's a hack of the electricity grid. At the same time that we're like, what the fuck are they going to say next? They're like, imagine bears, (laughs) giant bears, nine feet tall, swallowing your children. You're like, please, Bill Gates, just stop. Like, what, what are you doing to us? 
Yeah, well, you got to keep your eyes open. Uh, I was trying to make a gay joke, and then I couldn't find it. I, and and I, I got distracted. Bears. I know. I don't know. <laughs> it was right there, and I just I didn't stick the landing. But anyways, so, I mean, that's creepy, because now they're talking about that. Uh, what happens if there's a hack of the electricity grid. And this kind of works out conveniently, is that we're starting a war with the one country that would be very easy to blame for a hack of our electricity grid. So and I'm not getting too conspiratorial, but I'm just saying that's one creepy thing. The next creepy thing is that these guys keep talking about how uh, politics didn't do enough to ensure that people were taking the vaccines. And as they roll out more vaccine technology, we need the support of government and health trackers. That's creepy. And then all the global warming shit is creepy. Yeah, what's really creepy is that if they're going to really crack down on people who didn't take the vaccine, we've been broadcasting from the rooftops that we didn't take the vaccine. Like, they wouldn't even need to track that, us that hard. But they could find us. the flip side of that is all the women who are going to be looking for that premium unvaxxed sperm, they're going to protect us. Yeah, that's true. That's going to be the movie. It's going to be the who coming for people like us, and then all the women who really want our cum protecting us. And they're going to have to get through all that women, and that's they're not going to be able to do it. Rob's going to repopulate the earth by himself. That's his dream of all of this. Yeah, maybe, dude. It's going to be a, like a post-vaccination uh, dystopia where women are traveling the globe trying to seek out men like us. <laughs> who broadcasted that we still have clean sperm. Well, ladies, if any of you want some unvaccinated <laughs> sperm tonight, get it now while it's cheap. It's only and, getting more expensive. And I just you wanna... don't even have to like I mean I don't you don't even have to like sleep with Rob or like, you know, take that just like keep it in a jar. You know what I mean? <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, jerk him off, look the other way and just put it in a jar, keep it for a for a rainy day. And I just want better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. That's all I'm saying. All right, go ahead, Rob. Go I was ahead. just gonna say I'm I'm very committed to this uh, storyline, and that's gonna be my way that I end up starting a family. So <laughs> I, I, it looks like you're gonna start several families. Uh, yeah, so Rob's gonna be like Isaac in the Bible or some shit right. like that. Was that right? He had a lot of wives, I think. Um, no, it was the guy after him, Jacob. All right, whatever. Yeah. I think Isaac you were was close. getting close. I think Isaac was getting laid. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna reread that part, but I'm pretty sure Isaac was getting laid too. Whatever. It's cool. It it is cool that they have to turn off the comments. I do like that because they know. You know what I mean? Like, could you imagine if they had comments on their videos? It would just be. They would just get lit up. Same thing, kind of as you're saying with that uh, that hockey player's jersey selling a ton. Like that is kind of like these things that they don't like you to know that there is just this mass popular support against all of this shit. But yeah, I was watching the the theme from the WEF shit was basically like, okay, um, so we need to remake society so that everybody's on board with our diversity inclusion shit. So we need to remake how every company works. They were like, uh, we need to really uh, remake how people get energy because climate change is coming. So we have to completely get off everything that you know, gives us electricity. And then the other major theme that you didn't mention was just that, like, this free speech thing is a real problem. Like, they were really open and just talking about that the whole time, that they're like, yeah, you know, there's people who can just say whatever they want to say, and that's an issue. You're like, how... It's so weird at this point where you even have to go, like you said a second ago, like, not to be too conspiratorial, but it's like, look at what they're saying. (laughs) Like, this is... How could you even not be conspiratorial? They're basically up there. They're like, no, 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 there is a conspiracy to rob everything from you. 
Don't worry, we'll be fine. But uh, pretty, pretty insane. I, I came up with a good slogan. Maybe if someone runs for president as a libertarian type guy, they can run with this. But <laughs> I, <laughs> all right. Um, listen, I'm thrilled to hear that Rob's gonna do it. So that's. <laughs> Hey, listen, someone's got to spread the story about this unvaxxed premium sperm, so <laughs> if, that, if that's going to be my flag, no. I, I, it's very simple. Elites don't want to compete. Very simple. And that's the entire... Well, that is a good, that's a good slogan. Yeah, and that's the entire storyline of the World Economic Forum, is that elites, they don't want to compete, so they're trying to figure out how they can front-run the markets, how they can make the investments in these energy alternatives that are bad for the market. They're going to rob all of us and that we're going to be spending more for electricity. It's going to halt the economies. But they're going to have, uh, have invested in that critical infrastructure early. And so they're going to end up like as the oligarchs on kind of the next generation of electricity grids, food, and otherwise. Yeah, I think, I think that's basically it, right? Like all of those guys, it's funny even to see like um – whether it's, you know, Al Gore and John Kerry, it's like all these kind of failed politicians, as Michael Miles would say, very failed uh, politicians. <laughs> but they're all there. It's like you all lost. You all got rejected by the voters, but yet they're still there. And it's a, it's, it's a weird thing like, oh, so you found another path to go like where you're basically still like, oh, we're going to get through. We're still going to rule you. Right. Even though you all rejected us. Like, Well, that, I guess that's the weirdest part of the World Economic Forum is – I. I you're not the UN, and you're not people that we voted for. So who the fuck are you to stand up and go? We're going to make decisions for everybody. Yeah. And everyone's got to get in line. Like no. And it's so, and th this Klaus Schwab guy is like again. It's like if you like are we are you the villain in a novel? Like what? How is this even a real person? He's got this thick German accent, and he's up there talking about how the world's going to run. You're like this is this is. A gag, right? Like you're <laughs> kidding me. This isn't real. He even got the he even got a villain name. Like they fucking they got a villain name with a villain voice, and then people will still be like, "Well, don't be a conspiracy theorist about this." Like, like what does he have to do? Like cut off a goat's head in front of you? Well, Perla, who's the uh, Pfizer CEO, literally looks and sounds like Dracula. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and is kind of like Dracula. All right, any other thoughts from the WEF that we... Uh... I think it's uh, tragic that mainstream media isn't interested in the story because the exposure is what ruins them. Uh, the best example was they, they had the line of you will own nothing and be happy, and they had to scrub it from their own website. And then I believe that they've invested in Reuters because even like Reuters, which is a pretty good news source, yeah. put out, oh, they never said – they did say it. It used to be on their website. They had to take that down for their own website because when people heard that, they're like, wait, what the fuck is this? And the um, New World Order, it's just a function of education that if people realize, oh, there's global elites, they don't want to compete, just keep saying that. It's a very simple. It's got a nice rhyme. Elites don't want to compete. That's all it is. Right. And so if we can just educate people about the fact that you've got these elites and they don't want to compete, that's all people got to know. The problem is mainstream media is not covering it. And the videos that they're putting out, even though they're saying horrifically creepy shit, most of them on YouTube only have like 1,400 video, like views. I don't even know why they bother putting out the videos. It's just yeah. evidence of – like that's their confidence is that they will put out videos of them saying, we will rule over you. We are going to take away your energy – 
we're going to take away over your food, but they have such confidence in the fact that they can sell the world on that that's a good idea that they're willing to put out those videos. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you, if it was like a great conspiracy, wouldn't you almost want it to be that way? Where you're like, yeah, we're going to let you know. Like, that's how fucked up this thing is. That we're going to let you know and then let you be the one who's like, wait, but they're telling you right there. And be like, yeah, we're telling you. And well, we're still going to do it to you. That's like the thing where the, the, the you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Right. It's the same. Yeah. But it is the term, the new world order was their term. That wasn't like a conspiracy kook term. Like, you know, you can watch the videos that Henry Kissinger and George H.W. Bush and all of them. That was like their term. They were like, we're creating the new world order. And then like Alex Jones said it a million times. And then everyone was like, nah, that's crazy shit. No one believes in right. that. But that's like what they, that was what they called it. I would call it's a sales principle of always answer your phone. And so Madoff, part of what made him successful was when other down markets. Sorry, guys, this is getting Jewy. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, I'd like to know. You can take this Jew trick and go steal people's money. So you're welcome. I'm helping you out here. Um, it, no, always answer your phone. It's very simple. But like Madoff, that's part of why he was successful was in other down markets. Other companies weren't answering their phones. It's like a good tool. Like usually when people are guilty or they like they want to hide, they don't want to be approached, they like they don't want to be available. So sometimes when you always answer your phone, you're always available, you're right out in front of people, you're playing a confidence game of look, I'm not hiding. I got nothing to hide here. Right. And that 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 is a pretty good persuasion trick to just put it right in front of people and go, I got nothing to hide. It kind of fools people's intellect to thinking that if there's something nefarious going on, they wouldn't do it right in front of you. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming to our uh, conference, giving you sales <laughs> tips. All right. So let me tell you about this chick, uh, this trick Jeffrey Epstein used to use. All right. Um, hang out at a high school. All right. All you got to do is convince one girl she gets her friends. And then... <laughs> Sorry. Wait, Just I was kidding. taking notes. Don't stop there, Dave. These were good tips. I'm kidding. That was horrible what he did. Anyway... Even that, dude. Just we were talking about that on our last episode, but the fact that we uh, we all know about Jeffrey Epstein and have his flight logs, and it's just kind of like th- the fact that that didn't bring down the whole system, like that wasn't enough to be like, oh yeah, Bill Clinton was going with him to Thailand. I'm sure they were just hanging out. Uh, but anyway, Robbie the Fire cutting in here for a second from this live show where everyone's laughing very loudly at all my incredible jokes. Anyways. Show is brought to you by YoKratom.com, home of the $6 kilo. If you're a fan of Kratom, this is the only place in the world you're getting it for $60. You can travel the globe. You can search every website. You're not finding anyone in the entire world who's going to hook you up with an entire kilo of Kratom for $60. So even if you don't like Kratom, if you just want the experience of getting an entire brick of a substance delivered right to your house at a price that no one else in the world can get it to you for, I mean, this is an experience in and of itself. Go to YoKratom.com, pick yourself a kilo of Kratom, it's only going to cost you 60 bucks. Once more, YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. All right. What else? What, what are our other topics here, Rob? Ashley I Babbitt, can... your best friend. Ashley Babbitt. Wait, who is she? Oh, oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm retarded. I know I knew the name. So Ashley Babbitt, she's my best friend. I mean, I didn't know her personally. But I did think that cop... Well... I mean, I'm not exactly defending her, but it did seem like the cop shot her from pretty far away, and she wasn't doing nothing, you know? What, you think she should have gotten shot? Everyone that stormed the Capitol. They all should have gotten shot. 
Wait, you really? That guy's a fucking fit, everybody. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Give him, give him a, uh, give him a shot. Okay, so you think everyone who stormed the Capitol? Everyone except the line. Including the so, FBI on. guys who opened up the doors? Well, hold on, let me what just. If I was Ashley Babbitt, I mean, I probably wouldn't have been there, but that's not really the question. So you're saying, so like even in those videos, you ever watch like, actually watch all the videos of January 6th? So even the ones, the ones like walking in between the ropes, like the older people and stuff, just looking around, you think they all just should have gotten shot? Just murder all of them? As soon as they step beyond the line, they probably shouldn't drink anymore. As soon as they step beyond the line, they should have been shot. So you hear yourself say that, and you think you're the good guy. Oh, no, um, I believe in... He seems to like him right now. <laughs> Are you fucking with me, dude? You don't really believe any of that shit. I mean, you're here. Like, you're here... Well, it's not really a matter of supporting her or not supporting her. I don't really know anything about her. I just saw, like, a crowd of people and a cop shoot a chick in the neck. You know what I mean? So it's a pretty easy Where step to go, at? he probably shouldn't have done that. She was in a building occupied by blood-soaked criminals. I don't know. What do you mean? Who, who got that building from stealing all of our money? Yeah, she was in the people's house, right? It's even though what they call it. They go, hey, this house belongs to you, but you come in here, we'll murder you. So that seems... Stay inside the ropes. Yeah. I don't know, man. Do you... Are you fucking with me, or you really believe this shit? Dude, this guy's the perfect level of drunk for this conversation right now. I love it. I just love it. I just wanted you to... Uh, he started talking like Bill Cosby. So it's just if the Ashley Babbitt were to come back to your house. Would you? I wanted... All right. You're his girlfriend? Girl, okay. So you tell me. I'm going to listen to you. Is he fucking with me, or does he really, like, hate January 6th protesters? Uh, I really think he's just fucking with me. <laughs> she just turned into Bill Cosby, too. What the fuck's happening? I think he's just fucking with you for the laughs and giggles. Um, all right. Well, now I don't know how to fucking treat this. Like, this guy's just fucking with me, or does he really I believe... I just say we beat the shit out of him. <laughs> We'll, we'll figure it out later. <laughs> I mean, uh, listen, like, the fucking... The January 6th... All right, I guess technically it happened in 2021. But in the year leading up to that, of all the shit that happened... This is why, like, anyone who's outraged about January 6th I just can't take seriously. You're like, think about what happened in, the, in that year period. Were they like, yeah, like, but I mean, there were fucking lockdowns and tens of millions of people's lives ruined and kids just fucking, like, their fucking education destroyed. And then there were the biggest riots in modern American history across the country. Oh, wait, hold on. All right, so remind me of this. So where did this happen? 
So a, a cop got shot in the back of the head by the St. Louis. It was the black cop who was like trying to break up the fight. That's right. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Okay, and all this time I've been saying nothing good came of those protests, but there was one cop. I'm just kidding. I'm oh, just kidding. Boy. Oh, boy, oh, really? Is that where you all turn? You're all going to join Bill Cosby over here and turn on me? Follow me, my loyal minions. Now, that was fucked up, and they had the video of him. He was, like, begging and stuff. Yeah, it was brutal. So all this shit, it's just, it was a whole year of that, but then all of a sudden I'm supposed to treat a bunch of Trump supporters. And by the way... I did. We did a live stream that night. I thought it was the dumbest shit ever. Like, I thought all those people who went in on January 6th, I thought it was such a stupid move. I couldn't even believe fucking Alex Jones was out there, like, leading that protest. This motherfucker's entire career has been spent based off the premise that governments will create false flags to, like, enact their next agenda. And meanwhile, he's right outside the Capitol going like, they stole the election from us. And you're like, you're not smelling anything here, Alex Jones? Like, none of your spidey senses are going off about, like, how maybe you're, like, a part of the next one, you know? Now, fair enough, he didn't go in or anything. But I thought it was stupid. I think people... Here's, to me, like, what the major problem with January 6th was. Is that even, like, when you said before, and you said it, obviously, like, in a, in a sarcastic way, but you go, oh, that's the people's house. People kind of have this attitude. Like... I had a bit about this on my uh, my last comedy special um, where I was saying people have this attitude where they say the cops work for us. And you're like, no, they don't. So, like, stop protecting. When you get stopped by the cops, don't have this attitude of, like, I know my rights. Because that's dumb. You don't have any rights. Like, there's a dude with a gun. You can sit there and say, well, there's some shit written down on a piece of paper. And it's like, okay. He's, uh, how many videos have you seen of cops just violating every fucking right that people have? And then what? You go to court, and that's only because you saw the video. What if there's no video? You go to court, and it's his word against yours. There's no such thing. This is all bullshit. This, you're not being stopped by someone who works for you. You're being stopped by one of the king's men. Okay? Just understand that when it happens. You're, and, and so don't think this is like the people's house. This is your ruler's house. And know what you're doing. Like, it's almost like they went in there like, we're going to make our voices heard. And it's like, no. You're, like, in your own weird way, having a direct confrontation with the most powerful government that's ever existed. How do you think that ends? And here's how it ends. With one of them with a bullet in the neck and a bunch of the rest of them sitting in solitary confinement for a year and a half. That's how it ends. Now, I'm just saying, I, if you want to fight against that, fine. But at least go in with your eyes open know what you're doing so i think they were all stupid for being there i think it did nothing but result in bad things and i don't believe you really are saying what you're saying right now <laughs> i think i think i think this guy is ashley babbitt's cousin or something like that like he just came here to lure information out of me i just want to talk to this guy for the rest of the show rob i swear to god you guys from here? Uh, we're an hour uh, east of Kansas City. East? That's where they told me the murders happened. <laughs> this guy's going to murder me. I feel like we're four more Say questions more. away from that hot chick leaving him. <laughs> <laughs> leaving him or, or fucking proposing to him tonight. One of the two. Oh, that could be an interesting twist. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like the more I questioned her, the more she was siding with him. I don't know. We'll see. 
All right, when we go to the question and answer segment, I know who I want to come to first. <laughs> the guy who just started asking questions in the middle of this shit. Robbie the Fire, back here again this time to tell you about YoDelta.com. Dude, I love their vape pens. Vape pens are sick. You don't got to stink like weed. You don't have to find a lighter. I'm too lazy to pack a bowl. That is how lazy I am as a human being. I don't want to step outside of my porch. I don't want to have to pack a bowl. I don't want to find a lighter. I like a nice, fancy vape pen. And if you get the vape pens from YoDelta.com and use the promo code GAS, you're going to get yourself 20% off. And what's nice about the YoDelta vape pens, I find like they got a nice, uh, even stoneness to it. Like you could probably still show up to work. Like I'm not saying you should do drugs at work. But if that's what you do to get through your workday, you're not going to smell like the weed. And then also, you're going to be like a functional high. But if you want to get like fired from your job and get two stone, then you pick up the gummies. And this is all for people over the age of 21 living in states where this is legal. But if you fall into the criteria of people living in states where this shit's legal, uh, gummies get you fucked up. The vape pens, I find it's a nice, even functional stone. So once again, YoDelta.com, promo code GAS, get yourself 20% off. All right, what else we got, Rob? What's the next topic at hand? Well, the other topic was uh, there was a study that had come out about uh, the increase in the amount of uh, kids that are identifying as transgender. Yeah, that was pretty great. What, how much was it up? I don't remember. It was a Hill article, and the number that's in my head is something like 20. I, I, but I really don't remember. I'd have to read it again. I don't want to throw. Uh... All right, pull up the article if you can. If you have, <laughs> Do you have your phone with you? Uh, oh, well, then that's probably not going to work. Um <laughs> This was a thing, Rob sent me this article, and it really was making me think about this, where I try, like, if you guys know me, I think I try, I try to avoid the culture war shit, because I really don't care, because I think it's a trap, you know? I'm like, I don't want to fall into the fucking trap of fighting over these dumb culture war issues. I don't care. Be as fucking religious as you want, or as fucking atheist as you want, as libertine, or as conservative, whatever. Um, I think what matters is, like, you know... Wars and the Fed and criminals and government and all that. I think that's what actually matters. I don't really think like, but there is something about this thing where they're targeting kids that's like, oh man, that you kind of like, you're almost giving away the game if you don't deal with that. Because they're showing, so they're saying now that it's something like, it was like over 10% of kids now are identifying as transgender or non binary, which. One in 20. Jesus. That's something. So so it's like, and by the way, the transgender thing flipped into the non-binary thing real quick, too. I feel like no one even noticed that that's a really well, different thing. Because, like, being transgender is saying, like, okay, like, I'm a woman, but I identify as a man. I'm a man, I identify as a woman. But non-binary is now they're just like, I ain't none of that shit. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm just something completely different. And then, like, it's almost like, you just get to a point where it's like, you're like, yeah, you're an individual. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, yeah, okay. You're, you're like, yeah, I'm different than everything else. Like, yeah, okay, fine. But there's something where you're like, oh, so now there's like this crazy experiment being run where the next generation is going to now, whatever, say one in 20 of them, that's a pretty substantial number, are, have grown up not thinking they're a boy or a girl. Like, I don't know. Good I'm luck. Saying, yeah, like, <laughs> what effect is that going to have on, like, the next generation? So there's in, in a couple decades now, you're going to have the adult generation having grown up n with one in 20, not a boy or a girl in their mind. That's fucking nuts. 
And like to avoid that, like, and, and I don't even know exactly what the implication of that is, but it's something. Like that's going to be a huge change. And for some reason, I feel like that's just not good. Well, it's yeah. also all right. If it, one in twenty, if the, the, the whole idea is that I guess you would just intrinsically know that you were born into the wrong body, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's that's their argument is that intrinsically you just have an understanding of this is not. I'm supposed to be the opposite gender. If one in twenty was the accurate number, and there was nothing in the water that changed the disposition of people, or some. 5G wasn't switching people's brains to thinking that they were supposed to be in the wrong. Then think, then in this room, were there 100 people in this room? So five of you are lying to yourself and pretending like you're the gender that you were born into. Like I'm saying, if that was the actual number of that one in every, like either something changed in the environment that like actually changed people's minds. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like there was like a new chemical introduced that more people think they're wrong. Like, wh- well, I think what they would argue is that we became more accepting of it, and now these people who are always transgender or non-binary are comfortable admitting it. But that means, like, if you look that's back what I'm at saying, a that picture, there's five people in this room right now right, who are lying or just to not, themselves. Right, right, or just not comfortable you enough to admit it. You can come out right it. now. I will accept you. <laughs> we will send you to the east side of St. Louis <laughs> to be murdered. <laughs> Because that's where they happen, <laughs> according to that check over there. <laughs> but, like, that's – so, like, you look at pictures in, like, the 1950s, and you just see hundreds of people, you know, and it's, like, the men – like, the girls in their fancy dresses and the guys in their top hats and shit, and you're like, man, they were all full of shit, huh? <laughs> like, they were all just a bunch of non-binaries. Like, it's just – it's so – I don't know. To me, it's so obvious that it's, like, you've created this fad. You've got all these kids into this fad. I think a lot of them, a lot of the people who like dip into this will dip out very easily. You know, like that's the other thing with the non-binary people. It's not like you're having people who are actually going on like hormone blockers or like any of that shit or, or hormone treatment. It's like a blockers. goth phase. It's just them. right. Yeah. It's just like a phase. Like I get a new haircut and I identify as this. A lot of them will just come right out of that. Yeah, I taught but school. yeah. Okay. So I taught for a while and it was in that. A lot of, especially self-conscious girls, really, who weren't who had body positive body image problems, and they would right. instead of losing weight, they're just like, maybe I'll be a boy. Well, see, that's good. That's good to hear that at least a lot of them come oh, out of it. Well, you know, it's like I wonder how much of that shit, like, you know, these girls. I do feel like shit like fucking what's it like to be in high school with like like especially being a girl in high school with instagram and shit like that and you just look at these like chicks like in thongs with like perfect bodies because they put some fucking filter on it where they make them look way better than they are you know what i mean you ever see who's that fucking twitter chick who just got locked out of her account. Do you know who I'm talking about? Where she's got this like gorgeous picture of her Twitter profile and then you see her actual yeah, you see her actual picture and you're like, "Yeah, what the fuck is that thing?" Like if that thing was walking through your town, you'd grab pitchforks and go after it. But they're like still a lot of pressure on these young girls. You know so what know. high school needs? It's people like me to bully them. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying like I was an asshole in high school and I kept kids in line. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're We're, fat kids who are thin and have hot wives now because of me. I help them on yeah. their journey. And I'm just saying, if you threw me into one you of know these high kids in Rob's class were this close to being transgender <laughs> until Rob said, go marry a hot wife. <laughs> I'm just saying, they just need kids who will be an asshole and go, you're not a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Quit being a bitch. That's all you need. That's great. You're not a lady. You're just a bitch. Now get out there and marry someone. Man, oh, what a fucking weird Me and world. my friends, we would have just taken care of it so easily. It's like the yeah. mob, like the way they can just like go shoot someone and like take care of it. We would have just made fun of these people and then been like, all right, yeah, this is, I'm going to quit wearing makeup because I'm a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I wonder, like, um, just how it's it's hard i think if you're not like a kid today to understand like you're you were teaching so you kind of like have a little insight into it but i know like i talked to my uh my nephew um who had said that his on the first day of high school so the first day of uh he was a freshman his first day of class that his algebra teacher went around the room and asked everyone what gender they identify as. Oh, that's scientific. Which is like <laughs> algebra. Right. You know? Like of all of all classes. And like imagine I'm just trying to like picture this from my experience in high school. That imagine, you know, you come from junior high school, you're in high school. Now when you're a, as a a boy in ninth grade, you know, you go you're like it's a very weird transition. Like you come from junior high and it's like children and then you kind of go to ninth grade and you're still kind of a child, but there's like men, basically. Do you remember what like a senior in high school looked like to you when you were a junior? I mean, uh, when you were a freshman in high school? Like you're like sprouted your first chest hair and there's these like fucking dudes with pubes, you know what I mean? Like walking around you. And you're there your first day and your teacher is going, so what do you consider yourself, a dude or what? And you're like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't really... And he said, he's like, they're like, so are you a boy? And he's got to be like, yeah. And, like, and they go around the class. And then, like, a few of them are like, no, I don't consider myself anything. or blah. I just can't imagine what that would be like. It must be, like, very – it's just very different than anything I experienced. So maybe I, – I don't know what it ends up producing, but it's going to be hilarious. I don't know how I could have not sat in that class and just started laughing and go, this fucking guy thinks he's a girl? Yeah, it is very I hard. I would have bullied them out. Of it it would have taken me one class that's it yeah the guy wouldn't have showed up to school again or he just would have been back to being a boy <sighs> i would have helped i could help All out right, listen, so many sending kids rob back to school to Let's bully transgenders i don't know <laughs> if it's a real plan or just a great plot for a movie but either way we're gonna look into it i feel like i can make the world a better place i really do dave I think you probably can too. All right, do you want to uh, let's let's, yeah, let's take some qu questions? Absolutely. All right, we'll take any any questions you guys have for me or Rob Bernstein. We'll we'll spend the rest of the show doing that. We turn the floor over to you, good people. Now, what ceiling will break first, the debt ceiling, or the glass ceiling, in the White House? Wait. So will will we break the debt ceiling first, or the will there be a woman in the White House? Well, we're about to break the debt ceiling again. We break the debt ceiling every time we hit that debt ceiling, and I think. Well, I think. Uh, I think we would. He might be dead already. Um, I think. Uh, I think we there we would elect a woman president. I don't think it would be that hard to have a woman elected president in America. 
but the best bet right now is Kamala Harris. So I'm going debt ceiling every single time. That's just, no, there's no way she's winning that shit. Before Kamala Harris, I'd see Hillary coming back and getting it. Uh, Margaret Thatcher's corpse will get it before Kamala Harris will get that shit. <laughs> All right, what do we got, Rob? I can't see you. So um, as a med student, I have to hear a lot of arguments about like Medicare for All. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder what Dave Smith would have to say uh, in response. Like, what's, what's, what's the better alternative out there? I think Medicare for All is a great idea. <laughs> you know what? I think they're right. Well, I mean, it is for everyone. <laughs> I mean, I think that, uh, I think basically anything other than that, you know, like Medicare, it's a funny thing. Like I was, uh, I was on this, uh, I was on a stream with a, a few like uh, left leaning guys. So it was this, that uh, guy, uh, Craig Pasta is his nickname and Jimmy Dore. We're on the stream, and I was like talking to them. I'm supposed I'm going back on that guy's uh, show. I think I was supposed to debate a couple socialists in a couple days, but they said this thing where they go, uh, they go, you know, Medicare is like the most popular government program that we have. And I, I always said I was like, yeah, that's that's a funny thing to me, like as a libertarian to say Medicare is the most popular government program we have, because it's like you're forced to pay into it, you know. So like, if it's such a popular program, then like. Why don't we just make it voluntary if like if if workers have to pay their Medicare tax or not? You know? Like you know, like everyone who has a job, you see where the Medicare money's taken out of your check. Why don't we just make it an option? Hey, you could keep that money if you want to, or you could pay it into Medicare. Because then we'll find out how popular it is. You know? Like it's really easy to say something's popular once you've been forced to pay for it your whole life. It's like, yeah, it's popular to get some of that back. Okay. So Medicare itself is how what's what are the unfunded liabilities in Medicare? Something like sixty trillion dollars. Like that's a so now you want to expand that for all. So not sixty-five and up, but the entire population. It just the math on it is so ridiculous. And the truth is that Medicare for all is like crazy unpopular when it actually comes down to it. And this is why uh Everyone runs away from it, like why Bernie Sanders would campaign on it, but all the other politicians will run away from it eventually. Because it's really look. First off, there's we, there's this weird data. They'll say the lefties argue they go it's really popular, and it is true that if you just ask people, do you support Medicare for all, you get like 55 to 60 percent of people who support it. But it's a weird thing with polling. Like if you asked Americans, do you support socialized health care? you won't get a majority. But if you ask them, do you support Medicare for all, you will get a majority. Because, like, it just sounds nicer. But then, well, right. But then as soon as you start asking specific questions, like, this is is the interesting thing, right? So you go, do you support Medicare for all? You get, like, 55, 60% of people who say yes. Then you go, do you support Medicare for all if your taxes go up? And then all of a sudden it drops to like 45%, you know? And then you go, do you support Medicare for all if they would make it illegal for you to have your private health care insurance that you have? And then it drops to like 35%. And then like each bit more of information you get, it drops and drops and drops. And like if you're really talking about a Medicare uh, for all proposal, what you're talking about is like like banning all private health care, fucking over 
like 180 million Americans who have their own health care, as shitty as it is, better than government health care. And like, I don't know. Go like basically what you're proposing is having the VA run the entire healthcare system. It's like what could be worse than that? And so you know, it's like if our if our government can't, they can't even take care of the people who they lied into wars, who are supposed to be like the heroes amongst us. Really, you trust them to take care of you? So I would just, you know, I don't know exactly what the best way to get through to those people is, but I guess it's like. <laughs> that seemed to work once, right? So, so I guess it's like just letting them know that, like, like trying to poke holes in just like some of the way that they're thinking about all that stuff. I don't know. What do we got here, Rob? Mr. President, when will you when will you announce, and how do you get on the debate stage? Um, well, uh, I'll take the the second one first. I'm not going to get on the debate stage. That's just not going to happen. But that doesn't really matter. Like, it's kind of like our whole, we're, we're on the debate stage in the world of, like, what we do. We're going to, we're, we're not, none of us are going to be able to, like, get, you know, a message out there like that. It's like, we'll, we'll get it out by being on, like, podcasts and kind of, like, in the subculture and stuff like that. But the subculture in many ways is bigger than the, like, dominant culture now. I'll go on Rogan. You know what I mean? Like, that's my debate stage is, like, going on, like, so I don't. Um, and when when will I announce? Like, I don't know. You know, when and if and all that. We got, you know, there's there's a lot of moving pieces to all this stuff. Yes. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, sir? I thought you hated January 6th protesters. We're 10 minutes away from him being like, hey, there's a government building. Let's go. <laughs> we can take it. He's, turns out he's, he's the Fed who's trying yeah. to get us to infiltrate a government also, building. I'd like to point out that his chick has left. <laughs> now. She'll be back. <laughs> hey, who wants to take the over-under? Let's go. <laughs> All right, who's next? I have two. You can pick one or do both. So you get to snap All right. your... Uh, well, I have to do it going in blind? Yeah, All right. they're, they're good. So you get to snap your fingers, and one federal agency is gone. Which one and why? And then also, what's your prediction? What's going to happen with Assange? Um, oh, oof. Federal agency. Does the Federal Reserve count as a federal agency? Because it's not technically, but it is. Uh, that's what I'd get rid of in a second. Because... Because that's the one. That's the one that all others feed from. You know what I mean? Like you could you could make an argument for so many different like you know like about like the ATF or the FBI or the CIA or any of them. But yeah, they're all terrible. But yes, and I get. But the Federal Reserve, like if you want, that's like if it was like you know, there's like the boss at the end of like a, a Zelda game. Where there's like, you know, they have all these heads, but there's like the center head, you know, that you have to, the Federal Reserve is the center head. So that's like the one I'd take out if I could choose. And uh, Julian Assange, man, I mean, I don't think anything good is, is coming of it. I think that Trump pardoning him was probably the best shot he had. And to not get that is like, you know, I mean, Julian Assange. Dude, WikiLeaks was like the reason Trump got elected, right? They're the ones who exposed the Hillary Clinton email scandal. 
and and leaked the Podesta emails and all of that. There, that that was the start of the whole Trump Russia thing. Was that they said they claimed Julian Assange was linked to Russia with no evidence, you know, and that that's why he was leaking them on behalf of Trump for Russia. And so if that guy wouldn't have pardoned him, who's gonna do it? I mean, I, maybe if Trump wins again, I just don't see any possibility. The, the truth is, I see no possibility that Donald Trump is president again. And that's not that, like, he couldn't even... Like, I'm not saying 2020 was stolen. I'm saying that even if he won in 2024, they will not allow Donald Trump to come back in. He will not be, like, he will not be put back in the White House. I just don't see that as a possibility. I think there's, like, a, there's no way that that can be allowed to happen. And so, yeah, what's gonna? Shit, yeah, yeah. So what's gonna happen to Julian Assange? Like, what? I don't see any path by which he realistically is uh, freed. And even if he was, I mean, I think he's already been basically tortured to insanity. So it's a a bad, bad, dark situation for that. He got us a lot of invaluable information, and he paid the ultimate price for it. So. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think that's right. I think I, yeah, I, I essentially think that's right. I think there'd be a lot of value. I mean, also just for him and his family, I'm sure they'd rather him, like, you know, be released and stuff now. But yeah, he sacrificed his whole thing to give us this kind of, like, information about what. And, you know, I mean, this is kind of a hacky thing to say, like, a million people have said it before. But, like, think about, like, the guy who exposed all the war crimes has been, you know, sitting in, in a prison for all these years. And all of the war criminals have gone free. It's really pretty insane. All right. Anything uh, equally as uplifting? <laughs> all right. Fuck, Mary, kill, Pelosi, AOC, or Kamala. Or <laughs> president, either way. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, okay. Nancy's got those tits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. I'm going to... Uh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to kill Nancy Pelosi. Um, hold on. Before this goes out on YouTube, let me say, in the spirit of this game, I would like, you know, okay, that's going to really sound bad. We might have to bleep that out. I swear to God, we might have to bleep that out. I don't think there's any way that won't get us banned. I just, uh, it comes down to like, I, uh, Jesus. Dude, I just, she probably I, gives great head. I feel like you're doing this wrong. All right, Rob. Nancy you, Pelosi? You, you give me your answer. What do you got? Uh, who are the three people again? <laughs> Pelosi, Kamala Harris, and AOC. All right, we're killing off Kamala Harris. I want nothing to do with that. Get out of here. I she can't. is the most annoying. I feel like her vagina has teeth just, in it. We're going to have to, Brian, if you're listening to this, you're going to have to bleep the part where we're talking about killing politicians. Right. Well, offing. We'll say I would offer. Is that okay? No, nope, it means okay. the same thing. <laughs> what do you think? No one's going to crack that code, Rob? <laughs> gonna, don't worry about it. We're fine. All right. I feel like uh, you got to get rid of Kamala. I, I just get, I don't, I don't want to deal with that at all. Nancy, I feel like it could be fun for an evening. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like she could suck a good dick. I feel like those are big, heavy titties. I feel like. I feel like she's got like. Rob, you sound like you don't even really need to be forced into this so much as like you're just looking for the opportunity. Yeah. And you'd be like, I, I feel like know. I feel like it's a good story. I feel like Paul would watch, and he can call him a bitch. Like, 
Paul would watch and he'd be like, gross. <laughs> I'm out of here. And then, uh, I mean, you marry AOC and it's going to fall apart at some point, but you know, it could be, you can make it you know, work for a little judging bit. On a, you're judging on a sliding scale here. All right, there's Rob's answers. This entire part's going to be bleeped out. What's the next, uh, what's the next Wait, question? Wait, you got to give your picks. That's, yeah, there you go. You got it. All right. Where's the next? Uh... Robbie the Fire back here. I want to tell you about one of my favorite products. Maybe you're sitting on your couch right now. You're with your lady friend. Your lady friend's laughing, and you guys are ready to get it on. Well, that's why you got to go to RexMD. Why you want to go to RexMD? Well, you take this shit. It's going to feel like you got a new dick. I don't know that I can actually say that. I'll just be uh, probably not going to be longer, probably not even going to be wider, but it's going to be a hell of a lot harder. I don't know that you got problems getting it hard, but you want it a little bit harder. It's always fun if you got a little bit more hardness in there. Maybe it'll last longer. I don't know how it's going to work for you. I can just tell you late at night. I take myself some RexMD if I'm actually going to get laid, which happens every once in a while. So you want to make the most out of it. You don't want to have a little soft putty dick. You don't want to have, you want something that's going to port north and people are going to be impressed with. And let's be honest, I'm only 35, but I drink and don't eat that healthy. So you don't, don't be bringing your putty dick to your actual sexual intercourse time. Get yourself some RexMD and bring that big old hard pointing north dick and that way people will be impressed. You know, you, you might not have the confidence to go call your ex-girlfriend or someone that you haven't slept with within a while, but now you get yourself the RexMD and you can give them a call and go, hey, I got a fully newly improved penis. It's not longer or wider, but it sure is harder. And then they might take your call and be like, we can hang out. RexMD is FDA approved and the most trusted leader in men's telehealth. Here's some other great things. Let's say you were going to go to the RexMD website. Well, you can get stuff that doesn't just for your penis. They got stuff for your hair. They got stuff for uh, for your herpes. So, like, if someone catches you at work, you could be like, oh, I was just here for the herpes meds. And then you won't get fired because they don't think that you were trying to make your dick hard at work. Just that you were trying to get rid of your sores. So, that's going to work out well for everyone. So, guys, here's the information. Act now to take advantage of their best deal yet by heading to RexMD.com problem. Our exclusive deal will save up to 90% off where you'll only pay $2 per dosage. Starter packs of generic Viagra or Cialis are now available for our listeners to get started. That's rexmd.com problem for up to 90% off. Give the gift of pleasure this holiday season with RexMD. RexMD promo code problem. Back to the live show. All right, coming over here. Someone have a question? Right over here. Uh, what's your opinion on the uh, Steven Crowder uh, Daily Wire fallout? Oh, so we just did our last episode, which I think just came out earlier today. Uh, so we, we talked a bunch about this. I, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I think, uh, and there's a little bit more, I guess, that's come out since then. And I, just to be clear on this, I am really not a fan of the Daily Wire. And, you know, like, I, I think uh, Ben Shapiro, to me, is like, you know, I saw a video... Uh, um, just the other day of Ben Shapiro. I think it was Anomaly, that guy. You follow him on uh, on Twitter. You know who he is? He posted this video of Ben Shapiro explaining why he got into political commentary, and it was because someone insulted Sharon, the prime minister of Israel, and he was like, I have to respond to this. And, like, you know, he's just like, I, I just really, I you know, I, I don't like, you know, I just did a whole a video uh taken on Michael Knowles and the dumbass shit he was saying about libertarians and I just the Daily Wire guys are not like my cup of tea but I gotta be honest man I just like 
I think Crowder's completely wrong on this one. Like, I just don't see I, – I really don't even see any strong argument to what he's saying. And, you know, for him to come out and then, like, he releases this contract, which then it turns out isn't even a contract. It's like a preliminary, like, agreement to, like, well, we want to talk. These are our – and for him to – he basically – he did it without telling you who the organization was and what the fee was. Then he went through this whole video where he's like, the fee, so-and-so, and wouldn't tell you what it was. And then he goes, if you miss an episode, $100,000 is deducted from the fee. And if you get demonetized, this much is deducted from the fee. And all the never mentions that the fee was $50 million. Like, yeah, it sounds kind of messed up that if you miss an episode, you get docked $100,000 until you find out they were paying you $50 million. I mean, like, that's... That's totally reasonable if someone's going to pay you $50 million to be like, yeah, you have to do the show. <laughs> like, I don't know. And then in terms of saying, like, the whole thing he was going off about of, like, well, he goes, they're going to they're gonna take away money if you get demonetized. Well, now you're siding with uh, big tech or whatever. I just I, – that, that's completely ridiculous. It's like, no, you're getting demonetized, meaning there's less money – coming in so they're like hey if there's less money coming in we have to account for that somewhere like i and then for him to release like the recorded phone call and it just seemed to me like that even the guy said like he was like hey if people don't like this deal they can come be like a wage slave and just get a job for us i thought he was saying it in like a joking way you know what i mean because these are all conservatives who think the idea of wage slavery is stupid like that's, that's just having a job so I just thought there was something really shady about the way he was handling that. And I don't know. I, I just don't like um, – look, if someone ever – to anyone in this room, I'll say this, and anyone listening at home. If someone ever offers you a contract for $50 million and you don't think the deal – the terms are like acceptable, fine. Don't sign it. But you're not a victim. For, you know what I mean? Like You're not like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did this to you. They offer you, and for him to say like, "Well, what about the next generation of uh, people coming up and stuff like that?" It's like, I don't know. For some of them, the deal might be worth it, and for some of them, it wouldn't. I mean, they're not going to offer them fifty million dollars. But I just, I, I thought Crowder was like, he was. I, I thought what he was doing was like made no sense, and it was dishonest the way he presented it. And I think it's very strange that he's also launching his own his own thing as he's causing this whole kind of stir up. I just that. Uh, yeah, it just it just rubbed me the wrong way. Like it's like, dude, this isn't really an honest way to do it. Like, they, you know, just to not mention that they had offered him fifty mil to do a whole video on it and just mention what they were deducting, but not mention what they were offering him, just seemed really shady to me. So those are, that's kind of my thoughts on it. The Daily Wire offers me $50 million. I'm going to have to go sign with the fucking Daily Wire. You know what I mean? And be like, guys, listen, for the next two years, I'm not going to be able to say what I think about Israel, but I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll I be think back Israel's being too nice to the Palestinians. You know, That's what great. I think. Israel's great. I think we got to reinvade Iraq. That's what I think for $50 million. Why would these Muslims come and try to make their homeland right where the Jews were? That's pretty fucked up. Um, yeah. They just stuck to their That'd side tough, of the wall. We wouldn't have thing, a problem. You know, $50 million is a lot of money, you know? And, I like, you know, I, I think Crowder is probably at a point. Crowder is making a ridiculous amount of money, you know? So it's like it, it depends on 
it's all kind of relative, but I uh, I think you know there's there there would probably be some pretty lucrative offers that I would turn down. Fifty million dollars, screw you people. I'm taking that one. I don't know. All right, we got another question in the back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go do it yourself. Yeah. Speaking exactly. of money, um, uh, Sam Harris debate pay per view, <laughs> and when? I mean, dude, is you know, I debate Sam Harris anytime, like on almost any subject. I don't even know. I don't even know what subject I would want to debate him on. But I would debate. I'd debate him on any of the Trump. the, the, the Trump. <laughs> The terror, the terror wars, any of the COVID I'm stuff, you know. Yeah, that's uh, and any of that stuff. I would, uh, but he he would never do that, so that's not gonna happen. But I would, I'll, I would be down anytime. Let me know. Wouldn't it wouldn't even have to be pay per view. I would do that for free. All right, we could what two more? What are we really? We're up on. We've been going that long. All right, all right, one in the back. Uh, first of all, that dude's girl did never come back. That was pretty cool. Uh, second of all... <laughs> oh, shit, we all forgot about that. Dude, what happened to your... Oh! Oh, no, she's not coming back. Uh, I wish no. we had placed that bet. <laughs> okay, so first of all, people like she's you... She's right outside that door. This is how far Ashley Babbitt was from that cop. <laughs> From here to that door. First of all, I just want to say I'm 25 and people like you and Tim Pool inspired me to get kicked out of my parents' house when I was locked in their basement during COVID. But anyways, when you were to, if you were 20, if you could give a 25-year-old yourself like a reading list, what would it be? And also, what would uh, advice would you give to a future young husband? Ooh, wow, those are that was a lot. Okay, so I don't know if I. I'm sorry I got you kicked out of your parents' house. I mean, that's the... What was great? Oh, it was, oh, wait. You're over there now? Oh, you were over there the whole time. You know, it's funny. The speaker's over here, so I'm just looking over in this direction. All right. All right. Well, if it's the best thing that ever happened to you, then that's probably... That's good. I'm glad that was for the best. Um, a reading list to a 25-year-old. Um, shit. It's almost like where to start. Um, 25... You know, I, this is the first thing I'm going to say, and I, because you're 25, not even a libertarian thing, I would say I think uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. I think that's a thing to, that's a thing to read. If you're, if you're a man in your 20s, I think that's really great. That's more important than any of the political shit. Focus on those rules for your life and like, like really get that right. They're great rules. Um, political stuff, it's like, Everything Murray Rothbard and Ron Paul, like that's what that's the way that's where to start. So Anatomy of the State, uh, Ron Paul's The Revolution, um, and the Fed. Hell yeah, Thomas Sowell is great too. Basic Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell, if you want to really understand economics. And then, and then uh, advice for a future husband. So you're not a husband right now. That's your, oh, that's your, oh, congratulations, dude. That's awesome. And All this right. guy's still with his chick. So this is, uh, that's, all right, so, let me think about this. Okay, this is advice that I got from my, uh, my brother-in-law. I thought it was some of the best advice that I've ever gotten, right? He gave this to me and, uh, to me and my wife 
on our wedding day. And he said, I thought this was really great. He said, um, he goes, look, you, if you, and he's been married for like 20-something years or whatever, and they have a great marriage. And he said, it, when you're in a marriage, it's inevitable that there's going to be times that are difficult, and there's going to be times where you argue. It's never like always perfect. There's going to be like fights and stuff. And he goes, whenever you're in that fight, always remember that the goal should never be to win the fight. You don't want to win. Because then what? Like you won and she lost? Or she won and you lost? Like, great. You want to be married to someone who just lost? Who you won over? You know? Like, that's not really a win. And you kind of like, you learn each other so well at a certain point that you know how to push each other's buttons. And... It's very easy when you get in those moments to be like, let me say the thing that's going to get them or the thing that's going to like push their buttons. And what you got to be conscious of is like that that's never what you're trying to do. If you win and she loses, then you both lose. And if you push her buttons or she pushes your buttons, then you both lose. And the only way to actually win is for you to kind of focus on like fixing what the problem is rather than trying to like have this combative thing. Whereas, and I think the more you can try to do that, the healthier a marriage you have. I think, like, one of the things I realized in marriage, this might sound kind of fucked up, but, like, I've kind of learned, I think that, in general, I'm not saying this is true with you guys, but in general, I think men tend to be more focused on the logical, and women are more focused on the emotional. That's not always the case, but that does generally seem to be the case. And I think there's a tendency for men to feel like the logical is superior to the emotional. And one of the things that I had to learn in marriage is that it's really not. And like, it's really not. It's, there's not, it's not like, if I'm like in an argument with my wife and I feel like I'm right, but she feels like she's upset, why is me being right more important than her being upset? You know what I mean? Like, so what, what is the end result of that that I go, look, I have this great logical argument, and now you're upset. Wow, what a winner I am, you know? Like, what? It's like, why is her being upset not as important as me feeling like I'm logically right? And, like, that's, you almost have to, like, like, bridge the gap of that language where it's like, to me, I realize at a certain point that actually the most important thing is that my wife is happy. That's actually much more important than whether I'm logically right in this argument that I had or something like that. And you see also once you have kids, you really understand where it's like, oh, that emotional shit is really important because that's what makes her like such a great mother to like my, my little kids. So kind of like always try to focus on that. Try to always like, you know, give each other a break. Sometimes like if you're, you put too much pressure on yourself, you put too much pressure on the other person. Give yourself a break. And whatever it is like that you love about each other, like the reason you guys got engaged, the reason you guys were so excited to get engaged, don't ever just get like complacent and forget that. Try to always keep that in your, in your head. You know what I mean? And like, because it's, it's real easy with anything in life. The more time you go through it, it's real easy to like, just get used to things. You know what I mean? And kind of like take that for granted. But you can force yourself to like keep remembering that. So that, that would be like my basic advice for... Oh, thank thank you. I appreciate that. 
I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear what you were saying. I'm the person who's always trying to win the argument. Well, I'm trying to tell you, you gotta fucking stop that shit, all right? You're poisoning this whole thing. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's, it's, listen, we all, like, again, with all of these rules, I'm not, like, trying to put it up here like I'm perfect. I'm sure I probably this week tried to win arguments with my wife. I'm just saying you try your best to, like, you know, you know, keep that in mind and not do it too much. Everything's a matter of, you know, better, you know, b better than it could be or something like that. But congratulations, guys. That's really awesome Thank for you. you. All right. All right, Rob, what do we got? We got another one or two? Hey, uh, over here. Oh, where? Question, it question like for you, Dave here. Smith. Yeah. Um, so uh, coming out of the uh, debate. Can someone just tell me where this is coming from? Because it sounds like back, over here. Back of the room. Back of the room. Okay. All right, I see. I see. I feel like I'm yes. playing Marco Polo. <laughs> but it's all coming through Marco. this speaker to me. Uh, coming out of your debate with Curtis Jarvin, I understand a little bit your position uh, compared to him, but I wanted to ask you about your friendship and differences with Michael Malice. Um, I understand that uh, you guys are both anarchists, but he kind of seems a little bit more um, adjacent to and understanding of the new right's kind of desire to fight fire with fire. And I just wanted your opinion on where do you fall with that and what do you think of that? I I'm both huge fans of uh, both you guys' work. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't really know how much differences there, how much difference there is between me and Malice on that stuff. Like, I think it's almost like uh, semantics at a certain point. Like, Malice is like, I like to call myself an anarchist without adjectives. I like to call myself a libertarian. If we really talk about it, we both kind of believe the same thing. Um, I I think I'm more um, I'm I'm more into the economic side of things than he is. And that's why I like the term libertarian better because it, there's kind of like this insistence on property rights. Uh, but what am I, what am I going to say? My, he's the most influential anarchist in the world right now. You know, like Michael Malice is, he's a monster at just like arguing the anarchist point. I don't know that he agrees with the fight fire with fire. You know, I think um, the, like I'm not against fighting fire with fire. My argument with that shit is like, what is really the fire? You know, like what really fights what they're trying to fight? And I think that, you know, I, I, I said, I did, I don't know if you saw, I did a stream like about the Curtis Yarvin debate. And I didn't think I did a very good job in that one. But he's a very tricky guy. I, don't, I didn't think he did a particularly good job either. It's just kind of like a weird thing that I think wasn't as good as it could have been. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I know there were some people who liked it, but I just thought it was like, um, I think the the argument that that basically like, well, we've, uh, you know, whatever, the, the new right argument that it's like, well, if we don't control the government, then the left will control the government and they will. So we might as well control it to try to crush our enemies, I think is really misguided and backward. And I think this is kind of something that me and Rob touched on in that Michael Knowles uh, response episode where Michael Knowles kind of says this thing, you know, like he's like, this is their story, that it's basically like, well, you know, the libertarians convinced conservatives not to use government force, and now look what happened. The left came and took over everything. And so now, you know, this is why we have to use government force to crush the left. But that's just not true. That's not what happened. 
There was never a point where the conservatives were convinced to not use government force. What happened is the conservatives tried to use like an insane amount of government force against the entire Middle East and every Muslim in the world. And then the left came in because they were the conservatives were completely discredited when that was a huge failure and went, we're going to turn that apparatus around on right-wing Americans. So fighting fire with fire is just like burning your own house down in that case. So I, I'd rather... I'd rather fight fire with a fire extinguisher. You know what I mean? And like fight it with something that's actually going to put it out, which I think is like reducing the size of government. Again, all these things are, you know, very difficult to actually enact. But I'm not, you know, I find with the the NRX guys particularly, I've always found this where like they're like very intelligent guys making kind of really beautiful arguments that are all and not even beautiful arguments, beautiful kind of like prose. That all relies upon like metaphors and references and uh, all of allegories and all of this, but the arguments are just kind of lacking to me. So I uh, I don't see some argument that we need, um, you know, we need a strong man in America right now. In fact, I think that's one of the biggest things we should be concerned about. I said this on uh, Rogan the last time I was on, but one of the it's like when I see all this crazy shit with like you know them having like. Uh, uh, drag shows with little kids getting lap dances from dudes with fake tits and shit and you see these crazy videos I feel like I'm like my first reaction is like this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen and then my very next reaction is like I think we're gonna live under a right-wing dictator and that's my next fear you know like I think this is gonna lead to like some really crazy shit on the other side that's gonna be equally bad and you see that a lot and that's I think that's something we we got to be concerned with that uh, that that could be a really big problem. I'd much rather see the answer to the leftist control of institutions be decentralization or secession or something like that than like no we got to consolidate power. I don't think that's fighting fire with fire. I think that's just like we're all going to be screwed over in a different way. So let's right. do one more. We got Rob. time for one we, more, or we can uh, check in with January six guy. <laughs> well, I think we said we're going to do an hour and a half, Rob. How long have we been doing here? Um, about that. All right. So All let's right. let's let's do. Yeah, we could even do two more. Let's, All right, let's, two more. Hey, what's up? Um, right, guys. I mean, guys at the club. Yeah. Let me know if that's a that's an issue or whatever. I feel like the the wait staff is still bringing out you know collecting checks. And I think stuff. we're good for two more. Let's do it. All right. What's up, man? Uh, thank you guys for coming out. It's been a lot of fun this evening. Thank you, bro. Do you know? Uh, have you talked to Ari Shafir yet about this year's State of the Union? Oh, I we haven't we haven't talked about it yet, but we'll definitely do a State of the Union this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's like my favorite show to do every year is Ari's State of the Union. So I'll make sure. In fact, yeah, I guess we're uh, we're probably coming up on almost due for that, right? I don't know. Uh. So, uh, listening for a couple years, I don't know why Robbie is or what 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 is a cock and why is Robbie the king of the cock. <laughs> that is a that is a reference to the Mises Caucus of the Libertarian Party, and Rob is the king of the caucus. So eventually, we we declared him the king. He was he was not elected, but that's how kings be, you know. And uh, we just declared him the king of the cocks. 
And it just, I, I, I don't even remember how it started, but we just said it once, and that, that bitch stuck. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my tithing and for people to bring me some bitches. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> All right, let's do, let's do one more. Uh, All right, last one. You want the professor guy or hack guy? Or guy who lost his girlfriend. Who do you want? <laughs> no, let's, let's go. Profe- this guy will find his girlfriend. Let's go whoever you got over here. All right, so thought experiment. Let's say we roll back the state. Mm-hmm. How do we keep it rolled back from returning to where it is now? That's a real interesting question. You know, uh, so Hans Hermann Hoppe had a whole uh, speech about that, where he was basically saying that the two, the two most important questions would be like, how do we get from where we are now to like rolling back the state? And then how do we keep that if we were to get it? Okay, and but how do you feel about it? Not, not well, him. How do you feel well, about it? Well, I was, was going to get into that, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I think, um, I think that number one, I'd say, um, I think when, you know, it, like you got to think about how it happens. How like, things like if there was like some drastic reduction in the size of government why did that happen did that happen because there was like a huge moral awakening did it happen because there was a war did it happen because there was a war and then there was a justification on top of it that way you know like think about like slavery being abolished right like why exactly did that happen well it happened throughout the western world it started with the fact that there really was kind of like a moral awakening. Like there were these abolitionist movements all over the place that were really like advocating and convincing a lot of people. But in the United States of America, there was also like a really bloody war. And then that was kind of used almost as the justification afterward. Like, ah, see, this is why we had to fight the war to like end slavery. Um, where really the war was about a lot more than that. But so it, it matters kind of like how it happened. So in other words, like, Slavery being abolished, there's not like, well, how do we keep slavery from coming back? It's kind of just like we're past that. And we're not – I mean, not make your arguments about taxation or whatever, but you're not going to see slavery like chattel slavery coming back short of like a really catastrophic event in this country because we've just all kind of accepted that we don't do that anymore, you know? So you would kind of hope that it would be some combination of things where that would be accepted. Now, Hoppe would argue a bit further – which would be, so I'm saying this is his thoughts, not necessarily mine, but he, he argues that, like, if you really did roll back the state and if you did live in, like, an anarchist society, that you'd have to treat anyone who was advocating, you know, for a state like an enemy. And that would have to, they'd have to be, like, removed from your, like, area. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I kind of think, like, if we ever achieved a, a place where, like, the vast majority of people had been convinced that we we believe in you know whatever a much more reduced state or something like that then probably we could handle that with peaceful means and like just be like okay if we're 98% and there was like 1 or 2% advocating oh we got to build this state back up we'd have to, we could handle that by convincing them but you know i think in a in a weird way that's kind of like that's a, that's a big challenge, and maybe that would happen. Maybe even if we rolled it back, you'd have to deal with the fact that it might try to regrow over and over again. It's quite possible. There's been governments all throughout the world, so that's... that's I, I'm more focused on how to get to that point than how to keep it, but it is an interesting idea and an interesting challenge. Well, it just seems like 
if we accept the idea that there's always going to be a lease, regardless of what the society is, which is a pop-up perspective, yeah, that people who gain power will, will inevitably want, want more. Well, so I, I almost see, the way I look at it is almost like there's, um, like the, the anarchist libertarian perspective and the, the Hoppian perspective is almost like we're actually for elites. Whereas like what we have right now is Nancy Pelosi. You know what I mean? Like where I'd like to have some actual, I'd like to have some actual elites. You know what I mean? We could do better than those tits. Like we get like really great tits. Like, and so in a way it's like those, those type of elites who would rise up like as natural elites as Hoppe would call them. I think will be a different type. But yes, will they try to consolidate power? Absolutely. They'll always, uh, they'll always be, I think, a tendency for people to like use force to take what they have rather than just trying to get it voluntarily. So that'll be something you always have to guard against, I think, no matter what the system is. But it's, that, it's an important and interesting question. All right, Rob. I hope you learned something tonight about Nancy Pelosi's tits. <laughs> Well, shit. Thank you guys so much for coming out to this, St. Louis. You guys have just been uh, incredible. I can't, I can't tell you what a great weekend we had here. So thank you guys. We, I promise you, we will be back here next year. All right. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Give yourselves a round. Of